This is the Plan C podcast coming at you with another Skype Stoop Sessions. Today we are interviewing Raya Thomas, uh, somebody who is truly a self-motivator as well as being just sort of a beacon of positivity. It was a great interview. Cameron, how are you today? I'm doing great. Feeling very refreshed after this interview. It was um, it was a great time. She was wonderful, and yeah, I'm excited to do more. Without a doubt. Anyway, make sure you are checking out previous podcasts. Make sure you're checking out previous streams, videos, all of that. They're all there. Whether it's on our Spotify, Apple. Or YouTube channel. Those are sort of our three main points of uh, viewership and listenership. So make sure you're checking those out. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, all those good things. Check us out on social media. You get all your plans. See updates that way. We're pretty present on there. Uh, whether it's Twitter or it's Instagram, we're there. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you follow Cameron at Stowe underscore low underscore. He makes some great art and I don't know. You can find some dope shit out there, you know? Some cool or commission stuff. me. Or commission him. Give him money. Why not? We've all done it. It's okay. Support your friends. Don't don't buy OnlyFans. Buy Cameron fans. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we're going to get into it. Thanks again for listening. Hope you're having a great day or whenever you're listening to this. See you on the other side. And we're back. Today, as you can tell by our lovely, lovely title, we have Mariah Thomas on the podcast. You may or may not know her. Freelance journalist. She is also a poet uh she's got a book out now on amazon and you can get that on kindle um she also a talented singer as well as just really sort of ahead of the curve in terms of like fashion stuff and social justice stuff mariah how are you doing today hi i'm doing great i'm excited to get this going and happy to be here yeah of course so, you know, we we really like to interview people who are very much like of Brooklyn um, and really just doing, you know, just just doing shit um, and just gives give, gives the borough and sort of just our home a, a good name. And I, we, we thought you were one of those people. So we are happy to have you on as well. Uh, so just starting off, you know, preparing for this interview, definitely. We stalked your LinkedIn, um, and you know, we, you know, how, I just wanted to ask you, how, how did you get started with journalism? Yes, so I used, I first started out just writing in general. I loved reading a lot, and I loved writing poetry and short fiction pieces, and I became interested in journalism specifically in high school because I believe that's the time everyone's trying to figure out. Where am I going to go to college? What am I? What do I want to study? And what I wanted? What do I want to do for my career? So that's when I started in journalism. I realized that even though I love to tell these fictional stories, I can also tell the stories of people in the real world and what they're doing. So I studied 
journalism during undergrad. And that really just propelled me forward in my aspirations as a journalist, specifically in arts and culture reporting and lifestyle reporting. So overall, it's been a great experience. And, you know, starting off from poetry to writing, journalism just kicked off from there. That's awesome. Uh, I, I really like you have such a like great variety in terms of the things that you've written about, uh, including like forms of poetry, which I think is a very underrepresented form of writing right now that we don't necessarily see outside of like certain rappers, definitely not all rappers. Nice. But um, <laughs> but I was kind of wondering, like a lot of the time when people get into creative fields, they have maybe someone that they aspire, aspire to or look up to. Do you have any inspirations in the journalism industry that like spurred your interest? Yes, and I love this question because one of my biggest inspirations is Elaine Welteroth, who's the ex-editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue. And I love Teen Vogue, read it in high school, and I just love her because she's so multidimensional. She's a writer, she's a Black woman, she worked her way up in the industry, gained mentors, and she didn't stop doing what she loved to do. And that's what I aspire to be. She's also an inspiration, and I aspire to be an inspiration and to help others to work towards their goals because I know how hard it is to kind of dive into the industry and how difficult it can be to get a mentor or to, you know, just push forward and strive for success. So I love her. She's an inspiration to me. And going back to how she's multidimensional, she's written a book, she's dived into fashion, she's hosted shows. And I just love that about her. And I also aspire to also be multidimensional and focus on different things. Yeah. Wow. That's I I wow, that that was such a well thought out answer. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think sort of Cameron and I always make the joke of like, oh, being multifaceted, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's so important to be that these days, and especially with social media and the ability to share as much as you can, because, you know, as you said, you want to be an inspiration and you know, who the hell knows? Maybe maybe your poetry right now is inspiring somebody. But if you hadn't done it, then obviously wouldn't have been possible. Um, you know, and again, you wrote your own books. And that and to me, I don't know, I think about writing a book about literally anything and I kind of want to curl up. So, you know, what are what are some things that like you've learned um, or maybe some advice to emerging writers, whether it's poets or you know, just people writing a book about fashion or whatever, you know, what, what, what would you have to lend? Mm. So I would say to just keep going. A lot of times when I started the process for writing my poetry, writing my book, and even being a freelance journalist and writing the articles that I have to write, sometimes I struggled with writer's block. And sometimes I struggled with having a draft of pieces and not liking where it was going or not liking how it turned out. So I think it's really important to just keep writing and keep reading as well. And it, you, you need to read in order to, to write, to get that inspiration, to pick up different words that you can use in your writing, to see how other writers, how they've written their work and how you can kind of, not copy, but kind of imitate their sense of confidence in their writing and the words that they use, the phrases, the emotions that come through it. And in terms of writing specifically as well, it's important to write every day. I think a lot of times too, when I'm writing articles for freelancing, I make sure I write whether it's 50 words a day or whether it's 100 words a day before the deadline, because 
every day it, it helps me. I get inspired every day to write. And it doesn't leave me scrambling to find words and scrambling to write this whole entire piece right when the deadline is right around the corner. So write every day and just keep pushing despite the writer's block that may be blocking your thoughts. That, that is fantastic advice. And I, I definitely feel that because um, I'm, a, I'm a visual artist and a lot of the time I get artist block. And I think a lot of the time that's because I haven't been necessarily keeping consistent. So I'm not necessarily warmed up. And when you go into like a process when you're trying to get something done by a deadline, I think it can be very stressful if you're not already confident in what you're about to do. And um, I, I really, I just really vibe with that because it's not, it's not, it's not always like the advice people give when they say, if you're going to start something like, usually it's just like, Oh, just power through. But I like, I like consistency. Consistency is definitely an amazing, um, amazing advice. And when we were talking about earlier, you mentioned that you liked to write in high school, but it really became sort of like a business oriented. Once you got into college, I was wondering at one point, at what point did it become a career goal rather than like a hobby? And do you have any, um, do you ever have any conflict between the two? Well, I always think that hobbies can become careers. And in college, I started writing for my school newspaper. And, you know, just being a, a student in general, a journalism student, I'm there, I was there in order to work my way up to find that as my career. And honestly, I, in high school is when I, I did believe, okay, journalism, I can do this as a career, I'm good at it. And in terms of a hobby, my hobby is to sing. So singing is more of my hobby, working my way up, you know, doing that on the side, what I, what I love to do. But with journalism, once you're in college, that's where you're really focusing on your goals and you're really focusing on how you're going to go. So writing for my school newspaper, that definitely kept inspiring me. I had amazing teachers who really pushed me forward. Um, I even won this um, award on campus uh, during my sophomore year. I believe my sophomore year. And that really just told me that I'm going in the right direction, that I'm good at what I'm doing and that others, apologies for that noise. But I realized that through my writing and in college with my professors, with the award I was able to get that I'm going in the right direction and that this is what I love to do. Hmm. That's, that's awesome. And I think that <clears throat> When, you know, you say that, okay, you know, hobbies can become careers, that's, it's, I, I, I really relate to that because I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing sports journalism now and, you know, I'm doing podcasts and stuff and all of that, you know, literally just comes from me, like younger me, just like analyzing the game and doing this, that, and the third. And I was, it was kind of finally like, oh, like maybe I can do something with this type of stuff. Um, so I, I definitely relate to that. What do you, what do you find is the hardest thing about being a freelance writer? Mm. I would say the hardest part is getting your foot in the door. The mm. hardest part is who can I reach out to and will they respond with my pitch? Will they respond in general? These editors are getting a lot of pitches every day. A lot of people looking to write for their publications. So I think getting your foot in the door is the hardest part. And in order to overcome that obstacle, I think that right now we're in this digital world. You need to connect with people. There's this saying that goes, your, net, your network is your net worth. 
And that is mm. such a powerful saying because in the in this industry and in journalism and in other industries as well, it's about who you know. They're hiring people that they know, who they know are talented, who they know are good workers. And a lot of the opportunities that I've gotten through freelance writing were from doing virtual interviews with people. So anyone listening who's interested in writing or anyone interested in any type of field, do virtual interviews with people. And if people are now comfortable with going out in person, do a, get a coffee with them and speak to them. Ask them questions about, about their job, about what they do. And and slowly and during this interview, slide in and mention how you're interested in writing for the publication, how you're interested in working with them, because people will remember you. They'll remember who they talk to. They remember the person that put themselves at the forefront instead of hiding in the background. And right now, people are open, so open to talking. We're in the pandemic. People yearn for connections, to connect with people, to talk to people. So this is really the time to put yourself to the forefront. And that really helped me to get my foot in the door in a lot of different places. Hmm. Um, so just another thing, again, just on the freelance stuff, you know, I, again, stalked your LinkedIn. So I know that you are getting your master's right now. And I feel like it could be hard to be in school and work on multiple things when, you know, when you're working on freelance work as well as school, how do you manage or like organize your time? Mm, it is definitely difficult at times. I'll admit grad school is another level from undergrad, obviously. And every day it's just writing, 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 and a lot of work. But people make time for what they want to make time for. So I know that I want to freelance for different publications. I make the time, I organize my time to do that. And I think it's important to have a schedule, have a planner for every day. I know a lot of people use Google Calendar to keep up with things, but I, I like to see things visually. I like to, I have a physical schedule that I look at every single day. I write down all of my goals for the day, for the week, for the month, have a three month goal, uh, three month goal, six, six month year goal. And really look at that planner every single day and make sure you accomplish what you want to accomplish. Because in the future, you're going to get to where you want to be. So it's important to be consistent, consistent with what you're doing on the side with your dreams and staying organized for sure. Organization is key. We are we are big supporters of the planner. We both <laughs> we, we both have physical planners that we definitely look at daily. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> It's really important, especially in like times like these where, you're, where like the days kind of blend together and we're at home and when you're not really changing your environment, it can be very easy to get into a lull or a kind of um, it can mess up your flow for sure. But having that planner there, I think, is is definitely really useful for staying on staying on course and just, you know, staying motivated, I find. Well, um, it just makes all the difference because it's sort of an accountability. It, it, it's an accountability that otherwise wouldn't be there. And, you know, yeah, it's just a stack of papers that's bound together. But I don't know. Shit really works. Yeah. And on the on the topic of kind of um, staying motivated and staying productive, you seem to be doing a bunch of things and you clearly are very goal oriented and have everything planned out. I was wondering for people that might not necessarily be feeling that type of drive right now. Are there any practices that you use to kind of stay motivated? Yes. So. A lot of times I do feel unmotivated 
a lot of times I'm tired. I just want to sleep. I just want to go on Netflix and watch my favorite shows. But again, you make time for what you want to make time for. And if you're not feeling that drive, that's okay. Take some time to work on yourself to to process what you want to do. Take that take that nap that you need, but get to work afterwards. Because in the working field, a lot of people are tired. A lot of people they they don't want to be there at work doing what they have to do. But if you love what you're doing, if you have a goal for yourself, take that little break and get up and do it. Because in the future, hopefully you'll reach to a point where you can take an even longer break. You can take all the vacations in the world you need because you've already worked your way into that position. So if you're not feeling that drive, you're not alone, but you need to just get up and do it. But don't forget self-care because self-care is extremely important. I think we're in a society right now that might focus on work, 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 just keep working. But I think it's important to take self-care, but also to really just get up and do the work that you need to do. It's such a weird balance, and especially with Instagram and shit, where you know you see people like on the grind, on that grind, throwing you know throw some <laughs> emojis in there, and it's like, oh man, I, are you really working that hard? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. It's just so funny to me that you know perception can be so different from reality, just in terms of Instagram, and you know. It, you never get the whole story on Instagram because, again, it's just a single photo. Um, so I, I don't know. I just I've always found that very interesting. Um, so, you know, where like just on the topic of your poetry book, where did you get the idea to, you know, to be like, hey, I'm going to publish a poetry book? <laughs> well, I've always wanted to publish something. I've always wanted to be a published author. And well, I started with poetry at the New York Writers Coalition, which hosts different writing workshops in New York City. And through them, that's where I really began began to have confidence in myself with my writing and just public speaking and confidence with my words. And I realized I published my book in 2019. I self-published in 2019. And I realized that if I want to be published, why not do it myself? Why not just compile the poems I've written over the years, write some new ones, and publish a book. Because that's a, a, a source of income for me while I'm in college. That's so very true. the idea, yep, yes it is. And anyone can do it. You know, if you have an idea in your head, just go with it. Go with the flow. Write that book you want to write. Design that art piece that you want to design. Start that business that you want to start. Because you can start it at any moment and there will always be people that are interested in the work that you do. And at the moment when I was first starting out, I thought to myself, who's going to, who's going to read my book? I'm self-publishing. How am I going to market it? But it's been, it's been a great experience so far. I have a lot of people who bought my book, who continue to buy my book every month since 2019, doing pop-up shops. People who message me on Instagram and tell me that, They've been inspired by my words. And honestly, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm so grateful that I did that, that I had confidence in myself to do that. So I really want to inspire, push others, encourage everyone to really do what you have to do. Whether you have to do it on your own, do it because you can. No, that's amazing. I think it's um, it's definitely a big step to really like go out there and really publish something yourself because I feel like a 
most people that even if they have the idea, they don't necessarily know like the first and especially not the second step in, in actually publishing and promoting work. Um, I do have, a, I have a small question in terms of um, like um, how, how you went about publishing and promoting your work, but also I also, I'm, I'm very interested in if you have any plans to release another book or of any kind. Oh, isn't that the tea? Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to work on something that's not at the top of my list, but something is going to be coming out sometime soon, maybe this year, maybe next year, you never know. But definitely, I want to keep writing. I do want to publish more things. But yes, for sure. That's awesome. Um, so... <clears throat> The T. Howard Foundation, do you want to explain a little bit about what that is? Yes. So the T. Howard Foundation is um, an organization that I'm now part of. It is, uh, it's a great organization for those of color who are interested in the entertainment world. And it's a program that gives you gets you really into the door in the competitive process for applying for internships. So I was able to be part of their final talent pool, doing different interviews with some of the people, some of the organizations and places that are tied to them. And I was able to get an internship this summer. So it's not something that has started as of yet, but through the program, you gain mentorship. So I'm really excited to see where that's going to go. That's great. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, and... Um, yeah, it's super exciting, actually. Yeah. And I think throughout your work, I do see like a, a theme of helping people of color get into the and get into creative workplaces and media. And I was kind of wondering what led you to be so inspired to helping others find the platform. Yes. So I actually started a platform called Ready to Fly, also known as RTF, which everyone can follow at RTF Community on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And through them, the platform is for creatives of color, specifically between the ages of 17 to 26, to showcase their work, to gain mentorship, and to just connect with other like-minded individuals in a variety of creative industries. And I was really inspired to create that platform and in general, just really motivate people of color and motivate Gen Z and everyone in general, because I realized that a lot of people motivated me throughout the years. I had a lot of inspirations growing up. I had a loving, I have a loving family that supports me. I have mentors who support me. And I think it's really important for everyone to have a mentor, for people to have an organization and a platform to empower them to be great. Because sometimes I can, under, I can understand the stress that comes with wanting to be successful, but not really knowing where to start. For example, with my book, how do I write this book? Where do I get started? Looking at YouTube videos definitely helps and Googling everything online really helps as well. But having an organization or having people who can really help you help you and teach you the ropes, nothing beats that. Nothing beats building those connections. Yeah, I, I think that's really special that, you know, because speaking as somebody who is also trying to, you know, break into the field, it's it's so intimidating when you're putting stuff out or maybe not intimidating, but it can be disheartening, you know, when you're putting stuff out and you're either not hearing anything back or, you know, it's like, ah, oh, man, this, 
this this piece that I worked really hard on and like no likes like what the fuck <laughs> um I, I don't know I think it's it's really important for people to have a light at the end of the tunnel and I don't know just points to you for uh to to coming up with that um so more on RTF you know what events have you done that really encompass what RTF represents or or you just, you know, had a really great time at the event? Yes. So one event that we did host, everything's been virtual so far, but we're really hoping to have some in-person events when things start to clear up. But one event that I really enjoyed hosting through RTF was our virtual our virtual vendor we had we had um a virtual pop-up shop we had a virtual pop-up shop in december or early january we had a pop-up shop early january my mistake and it was honestly an amazing experience because people are looking for ways to promote their businesses they're looking for ways to promote their work and i started rtf last year in april in the midst of the pandemic and honestly, through RTF, I've realized that a lot of other people are starting their own platforms and their own businesses. So this pop-up shop was just so great because I was I interviewed different vendors about their businesses and how they got started. A lot of them got started during the pandemic. And it's been amazing to see how they've been able to grow, how they've been able to market themselves, how they've been able to stay engaged while using social media to propel themselves forward. So RTF, all our all of our events are really about just promoting creatives of color and their work. And it's just been great learning about the experiences of others. Some of our other events, we've had a lot of um, open mics. We've had performing and visual artist showcases. A lot of our audiences love our performing artist showcases because we love to see people perform. We love to see what people are doing. And it's, it's been a great process so far. Right now, we also have more than 60 members officially part of our Slack channel. And if anyone's a creative of color between the ages of 17 to 26, they can definitely send us a DM at RTF Community to join, where we send different opportunities, where we stay connected with our creatives, we have giveaways, and we keep them updated about our events. So I'm really excited for where things are going to go from there. Cameron, you'll, you'll have to get involved. Oh, for sure. I'll definitely send a DM after this. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was also wondering, are there um, are there any events that you're looking forward to making or looking forward to creating, especially when things start to open up? Yes, we would love to have an in-person pop-up shop. We would love to have in-person showcases. So I really just want an event, um, conferences dance classes. There are so many ideas in my head that I want because there are so many different creative things that people are doing. And I, RTF isn't just something for one creative in one industry. It's about a variety of creatives. We've had dancers on our show, singers, poets, people who are writing different books, who are, who are selling their scrunchies and selling their headwear, a whole bunch of different types of creatives. And all of our events that I want to have in person, I want to showcase every creative industry, along with mentorship, mentorship workshops. That's something that we're working on doing in person, hopefully as things open up. So definitely look forward to it. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like, especially, you know, if you can get things going for this summer, it just sounds like a great gathering of ideas. And it, and it just like, like, I, I don't know. It just sounds incredible. <laughs> um, Thank you. You know, 
you're getting your master's right now. Um, and, you know, again, you're doing freelance and all that. But do you have any business ideas that, you know, are looking pretty good to you when you do graduate? My goal is to be an editor, to be a full-time editor while working on RTF. So those are my two aspirations, along with writing another book. So those are the things that I really hope for going forward, working on journalism full-time, working on RTF, and keeping my writing going to be that author that I want to be. That's great. And kind of doubling back, um, I feel like a lot of the pe- a lot of people that are listening to this are definitely going to be in their undergrad or recently finishing their undergrad. And I think there isn't a lot of necessary, necessarily a lot of information that you get when you graduate in terms of entering like a master's program. And I was kind of wondering what made you take that decision to really go for that instead of maybe working first or doing something else. A lot of people actually ask me that question. And a lot of my journalism professors told me, you don't need to go to grad school to be a journalist, which is true. You don't. It's also along with the saying, it's all about who you know. But I wanted to go to grad school because I personally didn't feel ready to fully immerse myself into that field. I wanted to gain more connections and I wanted to learn more. And right now in grad school, I'm diving into learning about broadcasts, working on video packages. I've expanded my knowledge of so many different things in the journalism world that undergrad didn't open up for me as of yet. So it's been an amazing experience so far and I'm gaining those connections. Although right now things are virtual, connecting with other journalists in your age group is really important. So connections, that's what I've been able to gain so far, learning more about video editing, learning more about audio editing, learning more about podcasts and how to utilize social media, all these different things as we're diving more into this digital world that we're in has been a great experience for grad school. And for those who aren't going to do grad school right away, you don't have to. I know I have a lot of friends who are going to grad school um, a few more years from now. I have friends who are just now starting. So it's all about your own personal journey because only you, your journey is your own journey. So you don't need to follow anyone else's. You have to do what's right for you. I like that a lot because specifically this day and age, I feel like a lot of people are really shoehorned into things that, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I like this, but I don't know if I want to do this for, for life, you know, and I think the the idea that like to chase happiness is is something that more people need to have because you know if you're not doing something that you find fulfilling obviously it's you know <laughs> it's not not going to be fulfilling I I don't know I'm I I just I'm trying trying to give you props for for having that mindset um so you know, you've, you've done a lot in terms of articles, you have your own book, you know, what are, what are some of the, the work-life balance stuff, you know, beside, like outside of school that you've really struggled with? Honestly, just staying organized, I would say, is sometimes a struggle. Again, I have my little planner, my physical planner that I look at every single day, but at times it can get overwhelming. And I do love my little naps. So I think right now my focus 
personally is just to keep working on my health to make sure mm. I have those self-care days and I take my little walks daily or if I go to a cafe have a different scenery to really inspire me to keep writing and to just keep my day going I would say that would be it you know focusing on self-care while working on my aspirations because if your body isn't healthy if your body isn't there you can't do the work if you're tired all the time you can't do the work that you need to do so you need to make sure that you're eating properly you need to make sure that you are I'm always making sure I'm eating properly I'm making sure I'm drinking enough water cucumber water is also a favorite thing of mine I'm drinking enough cucumber water I'm taking my vitamins I'm working out I'm praying I'm saying my affirmations so really important something that's really important to me important to me to just keep working on my self-care along with my goals yeah i think having i feel like i phrased last five things i've said with i think but you know <laughs> uh having those having sort of the daily repetitive habit well daily repetitive that's a little um redundant anyway Having those habits is so, so important. And, you know, I I recently, well, maybe not recently, but a couple months ago, I sort of had a wake-up moment and I, you know, started establishing these habits. And since then, I don't know, it's, it's so hard to see growth day to day. But when, you know, you have a moment where you're like, wow, you know, I've, I've been doing this stuff for two months now and, you know, I, I, I feel great or, you know, stuff like that. I, I, I think that's really important for just that personal affirmation and not enough people do it. Not enough people do it and they don't have the consistency. And I think that when you do, it makes life a lot easier because it doesn't leave time to sort of freak out you know oh i definitely mm -hmm. i definitely feel you on that and i'm uh, i'll second that for sure in that i think it's also great that's why we're having conversations like these where you where people can necessarily see an example of of someone that's really taking these steps to really keep their work-life balance in check and really you know make sure they're healthy and motivated like people need to actually see and talk about these things in order to really pursue them because it's not something people really show or or see in media especially on social media and stuff like that a lot of the time we're kind of shown the result but we don't necessarily know how they got there and speaking of the result i actually wanted to ask you of the things that you've worked on maybe in the past few years what are you most proud of i would say two things that i'm the most proud of is publishing my book because I really just am so amazed at myself that I overcame, you know, any fears that might have been in my mind and that I really just did it. And I would say starting RTF, I've always wanted to have my own business, to have my own platform. And that's one cross off of my list. So writing my first book and starting RTF are two of my greatest accomplishments so far. And I just cannot wait to see the growth that's going to come with those two things and where where life is just going to take me. Hmm. 
That's pretty cool. Um, there's gonna move a little bit away from like business stuff, and you know, we talk about keeping consistent and sort of keeping your mind clear in COVID specifically. Have you found that you know you have new interests or new fascinations? So honestly, with COVID, I've been trying to find different ways to just keep me going. When outdoor dining opened up, that was my thing, being outdoors and trying different places to eat in different restaurants in the city. Um, I started my platform RTF in the midst of the pandemic. So I think that that was a really big thing, just starting my own business and working on that. That was something new for me that I'm really striving to promote new things i would say working out more i've been mm. in the house a lot of times in the midst of the pandemic and working out has kind of been a daily routine of mine right now i tried an aerial silk class recently and it was it was honestly great so anyone in the pandemic who's looking for different things to do go out for that walk take take advantage of the outdoors even if you're not around people or social distancing there's so many different things you can do being alone and I also want to stress the importance of being able to be alone. I always go out with my friends before the pandemic. And I, I, you know, I still do. I see them. But I think it's important to take time to yourself, to take that walk by yourself, to take the train by the self, take your bus somewhere by the self, and just learn to be happy alone and content with being alone without needing somebody with you 24 seven or having to be around people 24 seven, because it really just gets your, your thoughts going. It helps you to be more in tune with yourself, more comfortable with yourself. Uh, when I take my aerial silk classes, I go by myself. I take that commute and I take those classes on my own, meeting different people. So I think that's just something really great that I picked up, just doing things by myself. That's something Cameron and I have talked about in the past because we're definitely fans of meditating and sort of having those quiet moments to yourself. And, and, you know, when we say quiet moments, we mean like no music, no podcasts. You're just you're just existing kind of. Um, and I, I found that at a certain point in probably around November to like February, I was sort of running away from those moments. And being like, oh, my God, this podcast has ended. I need to throw in another one. I, The thoughts are scary. Stop. <laughs> you know? And I think Cameron and I, again, we, we're, we're not, like, super into meditation. But, you know, we, we think it's very important. So we finding those things for yourself, I must agree, is so damn important. Because you learn how to be by yourself. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I totally agree. I think it's, um, for me, especially like going on walks and maybe like not having a direction and just kind of choosing, choosing, a choosing a path and just walking and just kind of looking around, I think is, is really great, especially as an artist. I think that we definitely need to observe things in order to really influence our work because you never know what type of experience might cross your path and might inspire you to do something that you wouldn't have done if you'd just been in your room or just been you know, on the churn, like in your current flow. And I think it's really important to have those moments because it gives you that moment of introspection and it lets you, it lets you grow and kind of think and think about what you've done rather than, rather than just continuously do more. 
And mm. I think those moments of those retrospective moments are are super important and also super inspiring. And I also kind of wanted to on that on that topic, I kind of wanted to ask, are there are there anything is there anything that's inspiring you these days to really work or maybe help your process or anything like that? I would say that right now I'm inspired to keep going because I feel as if my goals are in reach. I feel as if I've already done a lot of the things on my list and it's just propelling me forward to do more and to just keep pushing forward more. So all the things that I've accomplished have really inspired me to keep going because it's showing me that I am going in the right direction and that greater things are going to come. And also, you know, going back into social media too, I'm someone who I'll admit I'm always on Instagram. I love Instagram, but I'm really also inspired by the success of others and what they're doing when I see online, even though, you know, sometimes social media doesn't show the whole process just to see how accomplished that some other people are. It inspires me to push forward because it shows me they did it. I can do it too. And I think that's a mindset that some people need to need to have more. It's it can't all it doesn't always have to be a depressing notion of, oh, I'm not on that level yet, or oh wow, everything's so easy for them. It can really just be, wow, look at what they're doing. What would happen if I really put my foot forward? What would happen if I reached out to the people they've reached out to? What would happen if I kind of took that process and made it my own? Where would I end up? So I'm inspired by the success stories of others, and I'm inspired by the success stories of myself. Nice. That's, yeah, I, I, think, I think that having sort of self-inspiration slash affirmation and just the, the, the belief the belief of being like, I am on the path. It's so damn important because <laughs> it's, it's, it's so hard to just put stuff out and just and feel like you're just putting that shit into the void and nobody's hearing it. Nobody's seeing it. This, that, and the third. So I, hey, <laughs> I definitely could take some advice from you because that, that is some shit I definitely get caught up in sometimes. Um, Sometime. If you don't mind me intervening, yeah. sorry to cut you off, you know, with that, I also want to say when I started RTF, I didn't have a lot of followers in the beginning. I didn't really have a lot of people. I had people who were interested, but I didn't know where to go. And I didn't have as much engagement as I did now, even with writing my book. In the beginning, it was family and friends who were purchasing. But as you keep going, you know, as you start putting yourself out there, as I started going to pop-up shops and being vendors at different places, I was able to gain that audience and that engagement that I wanted. So just for anyone listening, really, you just have to keep pushing forward because you might not know this, but people are looking at what you do. You're inspiring someone without even knowing that you're inspiring them. So just keep working on your, on your craft and that audience, that consistency is going to get you the engagement that you want. Some real shit right there. Yeah, that's great. Um, so what we like to do when we interview people is we like to ask them to give a statement of intent. And when we say statement of intent, we mean basically we want you to put something out there that you want to happen. 
you know, it can be as broad as I want to get this money or it can be specific as I'm going to write this article and have it published by X, Y, and Z. So you can take a sec. I can edit anything, any thinking time out. But what would be your statement of intent? I am successful and everything on my list will be accomplished. Mm. Hey, I mean, that's as, that's, as, that's as good as it gets, man. That, that, is, that is what it is. Um, I think, I think that those are good goals to have because, you know, you gotta, we all gotta have something, right? Well, you gotta have belief, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Cameron, do you have anything else before we get out of here? Um, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm out of my written questions. Yeah. (laughs) Time definitely, time definitely flew. Yeah. What were you saying before I rudely interrupted you? Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm I'm out of my written questions, but I I am kind of interested if there are any. Do you have any like books or poetry that you'd like to kind of recommend? Well, I love Rupi Carr. I read her poetry a lot, and I also love More Than Enough by Elaine Welteroff. <laughs> She's again my inspiration, so I have to read her book and. I just love reading about other other people's journeys. And I think that if there's someone who inspires you, if they have a book out, definitely read their journey. So More Than Enough by Elaine Welteroth and Poetry, Rupi Kaur. Awesome. And real quick, Mariah, your book is available on Amazon as well as Kindle. Um, are you still doing brick and mortar stuff? Yes. So my book is available only on Amazon for Kindle and print, but it's also available on other sites as well. It's probably on Barnes and Nobles as well, but Amazon's my main source. So Mm. I would say if you're interested in purchasing my book, Heart and Soul, you can find it on Amazon for print and Kindle. And if you buy the Kindle version, it's cheaper, but also the Kindle version is in color. Oh, there we go. Anything you want to plug? Anything else? Oh, also... What are your thoughts on Yasuke with no spoilers? Okay, well, I honestly loved it. Mm. Yasuke was a really good one. I love that there was a black main character and it's, it is based on a true story, even though I don't know how much is true. So it was just really great to see a black anime character on Netflix, on screen, and to just watch it without... I don't know. Diversity is key right now. So I just love what Netflix is doing right now in terms of making original stories that center around diversity and black characters. So it was a fave. So definitely give it a watch. Yeah, I I watched the first episode last night and I I definitely like the direction it's going in. I I will be honest though. I'm I'm not a big fan of Lakeith Stanfield's voice acting. I, I love Lakeith Stanfield to death. He makes great movies and better music, but I I don't know. There's there's just a monotoneness there that I, I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, I definitely feel you. I, I I need his face to like you know the the kind of confused but mysterious look. I, I mm-hmm. need that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I, I just, uh, I just finished um, the um, what was it? 
the the Black Messiah and oh Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas and the Black Messiah. I just watched that maybe two days ago, and I feel like half of like, and even in Atlanta, like half of the time I'm watching him, like he can turn such a like a serious situation, and then he just gives that like confused like kind of look, and I'm like that's fucking hilarious. Like every time. Oh, we we love Atlanta. Um, yeah, I. Mariah, you got anything else to plug before we get out of here? Or any questions. Or any questions. Nope, but all good with me. This was great, guys. I really enjoyed this. Great questions. Yeah, of course. Really engaging. Happy to be here. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for being on. Uh, it was, it, it's really just sort of like engaging to, to talk to other people who are in the creative field and being like, oh, I'm not the only one who feels that way. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you guys have this podcast. And it's honestly great, you know, to like listen. I was listening to the one with the singer from St. Savior. I can't remember her name right now, but that oh, was really Tara. great. So mm-hmm. thanks for checking it out. We appreciate you. I yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed you it. Guys. So anyway. Thank you for joining us, Mariah. We really appreciate you coming on, talking about sort of your path, your businesses, and your goals. It was it was really enlightening. Um, yeah, thanks for being on. So make sure you are checking out previous podcasts. You're checking out our Instagram, our Twitter, at plan underscore C underscore podcast. Make sure you follow Mariah on Instagram. Mariah, what is your Instagram tag for the for the audience? You can follow me at I am Mariah T H, and that's M A R I A H T H. I am Mariah T H, and you can follow RTF at RTF Community. There you go. So make sure you follow them. We will certainly be doing so. Um, yeah, Cameron, got anything else you want to plug before we dip out of here? No, just hope everyone's staying healthy, having a good time, and getting excited for the world to really open up again. Yeah, get those vaccines, kids. It's important. We wanna, we wanna have parties again, but we can't do that until we are vaccinated. So vaccinated. go do that. Yeah, um, and this, um, I feel like this this interview has been definitely a blast. Uh, I think you, I think you had a bunch of amazing things to say, and I really, I really appreciate your positivity, and I think that'll definitely resonate with a lot of the people listening as well. Oh yeah. Make sure, again, you're following Cameron, following Mariah, following RTF, following Plan C, follow all of us, because why not? Instagram follow is free. (laughs) Um, Yeah, again, thanks for checking it out. And everyone, have a great day, evening, night, morning, dusk, dawn, whenever you're listening. Get that, Mariah. Um positivity. I lost the word for positivity for a second. (laughs) All right, y'all. Peace.